beginning in verse number 15. Matthew 18, beginning in verse number 15. Please do not forget about our backpack, Christmas backpack effort uh, that you saw in the worship guide Sunday. The church will purchase the backpacks. We just need school supplies, toys, other gift suggestions that you found in the um, worship guide and the insert uh, Sunday. And um, we'll have a packing party uh, one day that uh, Tim and our missions committee will be announcing uh, to you. This evening, I want to address agreeing together the value of the prayer meeting. R.G. Lee, years ago, compared prayer meetings in his day to neglected widows, and that they were oftentimes uh, the most overlooked and uh, least cared for uh, um, meetings of all, uh, much like some neglected, overlooked widows. And if R.G. Lee said that back in about 1964, even earlier, then certainly that is the case today. I became concerned and a bit worried about prayer meetings myself when I began to notice that prayer meetings weren't hardly prayer meetings at all. They were usually Bible studies attached to organ recitals. And there was no one crying out to God for help in their walk with God. It's like people offering prayer requests were okay spiritually and didn't have any needs. And no one talked about lost people. Uh, no one prayed about other things. Once in a while, the church might have a financial crisis and they might pray about that and admit there's something wrong. But uh, the truth is, is that I, I became worried about that 30 years ago, even as a kid that really what was called prayer meeting was really a Bible study, uh, uh, organ recital, and about two or three minutes spent in prayer. Well, the Bible study is very valuable, is it not? And then uh, mentioning people's health needs is very valuable as well. Uh, but what I have found in my study of American church history especially is that the church's spiritual strength can be discerned by its prayer life, especially as it prays together or does not. Vance Havner used to say, uh, a church is not what it is in reality on Sunday morning. Uh, what, what you find is you find the morning glories show, showing up in a place like that on Sunday mornings. If you want to know how popular the church is, look at it on Sunday morning. If you want to know how popular the pastor is, look at it on Sunday night. If you want to know how popular Jesus is, look at it on Wednesday night. And it's prayer meeting. Well, things have changed since he spoke that and just about the complete disappearance of the prayer meeting. I want to urge us to lay hold of God together in prayer meetings uh, starting August uh, the 16th on Tuesday morning at 8 o'clock. And we've got a schedule for that. But Jesus addressed the prayer meeting in Matthew chapter 18 and verse number, uh, verse number 19. He said, again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father who's in heaven. Jesus does not have lengthy instruction on the prayer meeting, nor does he have lengthy instruction on the existence of God. Jesus assumes it. He assumes the existence of God. He assumes God's people will gather in prayer. Um, there are several things to say about that in this text. First is the potential of the prayer meeting. When Jesus talks as he does about the prayer meeting in verse 19, his context really begins in verse 15. 
He says, moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you've gained your brother. If he will not hear, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he refuses even to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. So Jesus imagined a prayer meeting in the context of an entrans- entrans- stubborn, backslidden church member. In other words, one of the most difficult circumstances of all. And so Jesus is implying here that the prayer meeting is effective for prodigal sons and daughters. It's effective for those who've been gone and strayed from God for decades. That when the process has been observed in verses 15 to 17 and they still haven't repented, plead with heaven to come through. There is potential in the prayer meeting. Now, it would be a mistake for us to limit the prayer meeting merely to stubborn, backslidden church members. Uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 14, Jesus told them to tarry in Jerusalem till you're clothed with power from on high. They did that, and God sent Pentecost. In Acts chapter 4, they experienced persecution, and they gathered together, and their witness was revived in verse 31 of Acts 4. Acts 12, 1 through 17, Herod executed James, the pastor of the Jerusalem church, and threw Peter in prison with the same design. The church gathered together to pray earnestly, and Peter went free. In Acts 13, the church at Antioch got together and prayed, and in the midst of that, God called Paul to serve as a missionary, and that launched his missionary service, the prayer meeting did. Paul learned something from that, so in Acts chapter 16, he and Silas, after being beaten by Philippian authorities, were praying and seeking God at midnight. And God sent a well-synchronized earthquake that did not destroy but liberated. And a Philippian jailer was saved. And a church, one of the most joyful missionary-minded churches in all of Christendom, was established uh, there in Philippi. So victory over stubborn, immovable problems can be addressed effectively in the context of a prayer meeting and often requires a prayer meeting. So let's make prayer meetings a priority. Uh, And we'll do that starting August 16th on Tuesday morning at 8 o'clock. We'll start with Deacons Teams 5 and 6. Deacons Teams 1 and 2 in the College Co-Ed 20s, 2025, will go the first Tuesday. The next group, the second Tuesday. The third group... um, the third Tuesday, and August the 16th is the third Tuesday. Of course, we have our Sunday night prayer meeting at 6 o'clock if you're not able to make this. But whatever you do, join with fellow church members to plead with God for essential needs, even the ones that are stubborn and immovable. But then there's second, the power of the prayer meeting. And I, I think I would rather term this the promise of the prayer meeting. Verse 18, Jesus said, Assuredly, I say to you, Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. The word in the New King James Version, assuredly, is in the King James, verily, verily, or verily, New American Standard, truly, uh, and other translations of the words. It's the word, amen. Uh, So be it, Lord, a word of divine assurance. And usually the Jews would state amen at the end of a rabbi's message if it conformed to the scripture. Jesus made the statement about his own messages before he stated them. And so we could translate assuredly or verily or truly as emphatically. 
Jesus is saying emphatically, I say to you, if you bind something on earth, God's going to bind it in heaven. You lose something on earth, God is going to lose something in heaven. And Jesus is emphatic on this. Now, everything Jesus said can be trusted. But Jesus wants to put special emphasis on some things to make it priority, to give it a pulsating energy and sense of urgency. And this is what he does with this. Assuredly, emphatically, I say, if you bind something on earth, God's going to bind it in heaven. You lose something on earth, God is going to lose something in heaven. Now, the word you here, I say to you, you can't see it in the English, but in the Greek text, it's plural. And so this does not indicate the Catholic doctrine of Petrine authority, Peter's authority. It doesn't uh, lay down uh, the groundwork for a pope in Rome. There's none of that here, and that is not warranted biblically. Jesus um, uh, promises this to the entire group that is there hearing him. But then he says, if you bind something on earth, well, what does it mean to bind something? Well, he's just spoken about that in verse number 17. He said, let the sinning brother be considered as a tax gatherer and Gentile if he won't repent. There's a sense in which as a church, you shun that individual and bind them to their guilt until they repent and get right with God. And he says, if you will do this in the name of Christ, if you will circumscribe your activity, if you will boundary your activity in the name of Jesus Christ, in binding someone to their guilt by shunning them, by breaking fellowship temporarily till they repent, then God's going to come through and support you in that. If, however, you loose them, you free them as, um, as a key would a lock. If you free them with forgiveness because they've repented, heaven's going to come through and stand with them and certify your action as a church. And so you'll loose them from the status of offender to uh, someone who is a gained brother or sister in Christ. And so Jesus' promise here about a prayer meeting is that when you pray in this way, you have got the certification of heaven. You've got the endorsement of heaven. You've got the help of heaven. Now, to summarize this, Warren Wearsby said, the church must be under the authority of God's word. Church discipline does not refer to a group of Christian policemen throwing their weight around. Rather, it means God exercising authority in and through a local body to restore one of his erring children. So Jesus here is promising something concerning prayer and stubborn backsliders. He promised there's little risk in these efforts. When we act in his name, within the boundaries of his character, in his name, his reputation, his personality, he promises heaven will join and authorize us in that way. Now, if we get off and establish our own standards, ignore his word, he'll judge us and we'll deserve church discipline. But we boundary and circumscribe our behavior with his name uh, is what he's promising here. So we find that prayer is powerful in others' lives. Uh, the prayer that is powerful in others' lives is prayer that conforms to the will of God. Prayer is not getting our will done in heaven. It's getting God's will done on earth. And that's what we do in prayer. And it is easier to ascertain the mind and heart and will of God on a matter together than it is in isolation. Those who walk in fellowship, especially in the word and prayer together with one another, are more likely to ascertain the mind, the heart, and the will of God in matters than those who walk alone. Mark it down good, straight, forever, and hard. Loners become losers. 
every time. Those who operate spiritually in isolation from others are those who will eventually lose at the Christian life. We are far more likely to remain in the will of God, know the will of God, perform the will of God, be corrected when we stray from the will of God, when we walk together with one another. So get together with other believers around God's Word and pray together. There's a third thing here as well, and that's the procedure of the prayer meeting. Verse 19. Jesus said, again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father who's in heaven. The word agree is the Greek word symphoneo, and you hear an English word in there, symphony. And you can translate it if, if you harmonize together your prayer request and pray them in my name. The Father will hear. Jesus emphasized that he imagined a prayer meeting would involve a certain set of procedures. First, there would be an agreement on the prayer request that it indeed is the will of God. And most of the time, that's not very difficult to determine. Most of the time, it's not. Those that are there, if they hear something outside the will of God, need to be sensitive and gentle in how they steer the request in a better direction. I've not seen that happen very often. I, I can't think, in fact, of any time I've ever heard a prayer request outside uh, God's will. Uh, but um, anyway, Jesus imagined agreement. Then asking God in prayer. Then alertness to his answers. And then God answering from, uh, answering from heaven. Larry Chenard wrote uh, that this section here in the text uh, consists of the promise that when the Christian community is decisively one in its commitment, God will provide his guidance and resources to back such efforts. Jesus is simply assuring the Christian community that God's presence and his resources are available to a church that exhibits a united prayerful concern for the welfare of one of its members. And I will tell you, I've been calling prayer meetings for a long, long time. Uh, sometimes I've anticipated weeks ahead. Sometimes I've anticipated the need 10 minutes before we needed one. But I've been calling them for a long, long time and pouring my energies into prayer meetings. And I've got to tell you, beloved, watching God all these decades to do so, God comes through every time. He will not fail. He must prevail. Have faith in God. That's the procedure. So powerful prayer, effective prayer, often requires a prayer meeting in which prayers join with one mind and heart on request, on request, present them to God together and watch together for answers. And this cooperative procedure avails much with God. It pleases God and he comes through with answers. So make it a priority to bring prayer requests together in a meeting, agree on them and give them over to God. And then there's the pleasure of the prayer meeting. When Jesus came to the earth in the first century, there really wasn't question about the legitimacy of the Heavenly Father in Israel. It really wasn't. They understood who He was, the Creator, Redeemer, the one who sent the prophets, the one that one day would send the Messiah. There was really no question about Him. The question was about Jesus, whether it was true and legitimate. And so what you find throughout the Gospels is the Father displaying his pleasure in Jesus Christ. He does that as his, at his baptism. All Jerusalem and Judea are there, according to Matthew 3, 5. John baptizes him. 
Jesus arises from the baptism and a dove from heaven settles on him, symbolizing the Holy Spirit. And then a voice from heaven speaks. What? This, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Picking up on the language of Psalms 2 and Daniel 7. This is my beloved son. At the Mount of Transfiguration, he says something similar, but adds, listen to him. Listen to him. And so the father displayed his pleasure and approval and commissioning of Jesus Christ in appearances and affirmation. And then Jesus said, he will show his approval of me by answering prayer in my name. And so the Father consistently, constantly validates the truth and the ministry of Christ. And beloved, let me say, it is enough. It is enough. He is capable of doing that. Well, Jesus goes on in Matthew 18, 20 to pick up on some of these ideas and says, For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Jesus promised his own presence when a minimal number gathered together for prayer in his name. I know Christian speakers who will not show up unless there's a thousand in the audience. I know Christian music groups that won't show up unless there are 5,000. And Jesus says it takes only two or three to get me to that crowd. Just two. A minimal number who merely come in my name and I am there in their midst and I don't need an elaborate green room. You don't have to treat me that way. Just come in my name. Now, why would Jesus' presence be all that important in a prayer meeting? Uh, well, Larry Shenard again writes, The sense may be that if you gather in my name, Jesus says, I'm there, and my presence will lead to the Father's support of your requests. In, in other words, such a prayer meeting is worthy of Jesus' presence. And if Jesus considers that prayer meeting worthy of his presence, the Father considers it worthy of his endorsement. So if Jesus goes there, the Father is interested in anything that his Son does, and he comes through with answered prayer. That's why we gather in his name. Oh, friends, that's why it's not enough in a sermon to preach about God I've heard sermons preached about God to where a conservative Jew and Muslim could agree with them because there was nothing of Christ. It's not enough to sing about God. We will and we do, but our songs are intentionally centered on Jesus Christ to where a conservative Jew or a Muslim would stumble over them unless they repented and embraced the gospel of Christ. Why is that? Because the Father is interested in His people doing things in the name of Jesus. His heart and affections are set on Him, and He's not apologizing to anyone on the earth for that. Nor should the church, and nor shall this one. So when we come together in prayer in Jesus' name, where just two or three of us are there, and I imagine there are a few of us here that are interested, all of us, in fact, Jesus appears, and if it gets the interest of his son, he's not a negligent father, the father accompanies it as well with a promise to answer prayer. And so that's why on Wednesday, August the 17th, that evening, now the morning before we'll start prayer meetings, the Wednesday evening afterwards, Dr. Mark Sterling will be with us in our WOW services at 4 and 6, and we'll sing and he'll preach and we will pray. We'll pray for spiritual strength. We'll pray for people's health. We'll pray for prodigals. And we will pray for 
revival. That's the value of bringing it together in a prayer meeting. And I'd like for us to pray now and talk to God about uh, four subjects and four items. And once we finish praying, I'll take any questions that you have. The first thing I want to ask you to pray for is I want you to pray for those who have recently renewed their commitments to Christ. And someone's probably just come to mind. Go ahead and pray for them. Those who have recently renewed their commitments to Christ. Perhaps they've done something to move forward with Jesus and you're aware of it. It may even be you. And now you know some that are straying. They're wobbly on their faith. And their obedience or lack of is showing it. Please pray for them. Now Jesus imagined a church that is a powerful, restoring body. Let us pray our church and church family will be more like a hospital and medical staff than it will be a courtroom. And now ask God to give us effective prayer meetings that will conform to this text. Blessed God and Father, we rejoice in you that you are capable of reclaiming those who stray. And we've seen that before our very eyes. Thank you for the godly commitments that some of our members, our dear friends, have made to Jesus. Thank you that they love him. They got slapped around a bit by the devil, and they didn't stop. They returned to you and trusted you. They trusted your ways, and they trusted your grace. Thank you for their example. We pray for those who have not yet done that, who are straying. I want to ask you to intervene with our prodigals and do whatever is necessary to bring them back. I want to ask you to be gentle, but more than anything, I leave that up to you. Do whatever you have to do to get them to a point where their lives effusively magnifies Christ because there's nothing more important. Help our church, oh God, to be a place a powerful, effective restoration. I want to thank you that every time I've gone to the doctor, I've met a friendly face, and every procedure and prescription has been spot on, and I want to pray that everything we do will be the same for the souls you've entrusted to our care. And then, Father, we ask you for prayer meetings where our prayers believe in the potential and the promise, follow the procedure, and, dear God, meet your pleasure in prayer. Please transform and change our world because of it. And I want to ask you to make a distinction by your grace, a distinction in our lives, our ministry, our church family, that cannot be explained by resources or education or good raising or parenting or any human effort. Let these be differences that can only be explained by the gracious intervention of Almighty God. And we plead for you for Jesus' sake. And now help us to watch for answers. 